Ellison. Ellison. Yeah, that's good because again, it's not as complicated as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like Elokin, and I was like Elokin. Elokin days, Elokin. everybody. Welcome <laughs> to my show. So have a happy hair. <laughs> See, this is why I think at the beginning of your songs you might need to do like a call out, like Ellison on the track, so like people know. And buddy's like, okay, it's okay, your, how to pronounce it. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> Well, for the other dyslexics out there, we take up 0.200 of the population, so you got to change everything for us. Yes! Eminem, I thought it was e minum for 25 years. <laughs> ah, ah, this is my podcast. Ooh, ah, ah. Listen here, I'll make you laugh. Ooh, ah, ah. <laughs> Honestly, let's just cut it off there. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Blue is Beautiful podcast. If you are tuning in for the first time, welcome. I am your host, Ellison Daz, and this is the show where we talk about music, mental health, and comedy. And if you're wondering how the hell that happens, so am I. <laughs> today, I have an absolute gem of a guest here with me to chat with us today, writer, musician, and comedian, Buddy Smiles, all the way from Ottawa, Ontario. Buddy, how are you today? Oh, I'm wonderful. Thank you for the wonderful intro. Did you How like you it? Today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was wonderful. <laughs> I'm really great today. I'm genuinely so excited um, about this episode. I've been wanting to get you on the pod for a while, so I'm really glad that we've connected and it's it's going to be friggin' fire. I can already feel it. Yes, I'm an elusive character, so I'm hard to pin down, but it does happen from time to time. <laughs> Buddy and I met originally via Instagram in what, the beginning of 2020? Yeah, as far back as I can know, like time is illusion, right? So I think it was then, but I feel like I've known you maybe on the astral plane for longer. I would agree with that 100%. I feel like we've met multiple times before, but in this plane, in this reality, we <laughs> met in the beginning. <laughs> we met in the beginning of 2020 and That's we right. bonded. Um, over our similar taste in comedy because I absolutely love the skits that you put out you were like I feel 10 hundred steps above every like not above but ahead you're like 10 steps ahead of everything and I think every single piece you put out is fucking hilarious and fucking brilliant so I just want to tell you that first of all um, and I was wondering if you wanted to talk to everybody today a little bit about your comedy and how you kind of came to be a comic yourself all right. Well, I've always been a comic as far back as I can remember. Comic, comedic storyteller, you know, always trying to use a laugh to draw people in. The first time I ever performed comedy, I was probably eight or nine, and I performed, you know, with my cousin. We'd make little skits up at our, you know, uh, family events, and uh, we would, you know, put a little toilet paper roll in our head. Or we would uh, do some sort of uh, motion that resembled something that was inappropriate with our hands. We would just do, you know, all kinds of silly things. And we were always pushing the boundaries of what inappropriate words we were allowed to, we could get away with. It was like a game. What could we get away with saying in front of the adults? <laughs> I still play that game today. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, see, because that to me is what comedy is. It's what you can get away with. It's not yeah. like a bombardment of inappropriate things. It's finding a way to say something that you know people kind of think is inappropriate, but you get away with it. And rewarded with exceptional laughter from the audience. <laughs> and sometimes you fail because you're reaching for something for the line and that's you no know, one laughs or someone attempts to cancel you for something you say or your Instagram shut down, whatever it is. Yeah. That happens sometimes when you make that attempt. Yeah. And that's what is so interesting too now. I mean, I guess it always has been a thing to a certain degree with comedians because we're, we're always trying to, we're always trying and always pushing the envelope, but you know, cancel culture is, can rot in hell for all I'm concerned because I don't think it's good for anybody. I don't think it's good for anybody's mental health. And I think that it, um, pushing those boundaries and allowing those mistakes, if, if they're a mistake to happen, allows for your craft to get even better. So how do you deal with the cancel culture aspect of things online? Well, see, I don't know what works for other people. I only know what works for me. So when I talk about like, this is what I do for my mental health, 
if you go to like my page and you see I'm kind of like you, well, maybe do what I do. But it doesn't work for everyone. But yeah. what I do is I look at I look at myself as a warrior. So I'm not afraid to get canceled. I'm not afraid of anything anyone says because I know my heart's pure and I know I'm fighting for good. And if along the way I make some mistakes and someone attempts to cancel me, well, that only makes me stronger and gives me something to resist. So in a way, yes, cancel culture is a horrific thing if you're a part of it and you're a person who tries to cancel people. But for people like me, people attempting to cancel me gives me my strength. You love it. Do you love it when people slide in to do actually I was going to say slide into your DMS and try and shit on you, but people do that in public comments. And I find that the nicer people are the ones that slide into the DMS. Do you get that too? Oh yes. I've been people <laughs> that I know from my life are the only ones who ever try and actually correct me online. And that's when I have a trouble. And remember, I said this is a battle. I'm a warrior, right? So I don't necessarily cherish being canceled. But the fact is, when people attempt to shut me down, it makes me stronger. I wish they didn't. I wish every one of my jokes landed every time. But I'm also ready for when they don't. And like recently, I've been getting a bit more traction. And I've been getting those DMs. I've been getting the comments on my uh, things. And I've been having to block people. There's actually a new feature on Instagram where when you block someone, it blocks any account they might make for their phone. And I love that. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That's great. I don't I don't have a lot of um, trolls per se on my Blue is Beautiful, but I mean, it's bound to come. I get a couple once in a while, like people tell me they want to pepper spray me and and you know this always I know I loved it I pinned it right to the top and that's how I that's how I deal with like people who are mean I'm just like I'm gonna pin that top so everyone can see that you're being rude (laughs) but for the majority people have been been really nice but uh, yeah I don't know cancel culture freaks me out and I'm not I'm not uh, so does the internet but you know lo and behold here we are (laughs) well again like we were talking about before we started where I on a on the moment I wake up and I'm ready for the battle, meaning I'm expecting the worst. Anyone, you know, prepare for the best, but expect the worst. And it's like anyone might say any horrific thing, make anything up about me. And it's happened like recently a lot where people will message me trying to say, like, you're spreading misinformation. You're like spreading hate things. And I go, no, 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 this is comedy. And this is uh, an alternative perspective. And they were like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, put out these things saying you did these things. And I'm like, okay, go ahead, because I know that I didn't do anything. So it doesn't yeah. even bother me. It bothers me. It hurts because it gives me anxiety to deal with it. Yes. But again, I have that preparation to know that if I'm going to be on the Internet putting stuff out, I have to have that extra layer. It has yeah. to be there. Yeah. It's like you we gotta can't. Be a tougher. It's not a safe space, the Internet. You cannot create a safe space on it, unfortunately. We can, no. but we can always be strong and instantly deal with the bullies. Someone bullies you, stand up to them. No. Yeah. Hard no. By blocking them. Block, yeah. block, block. See ya. You know, I'm not here to discuss whether my art is valid or not. I throw it out there and you can feel however you want about it, but I'm not going to change it based on what people think. I, I love that too, right? Because. You can't, because I think too, and this applies to in, in real life, but you can't cater to everyone. There's always going to be someone that thinks you're, you know, terrible at what you do. You're not funny, or they think, you know, all, all of the, the nasty things about you. So at the end of the day, if you just be true to yourself and you believe what you're doing is right and, and is funny is great, then, then like that's kind of paving the way for success personally, I think. Right. And, and it also influences other people to believe in themselves. But the key to remember is we will always come against conflict and we will always come up against resistance when trying to express ourselves in this world. Yeah. And do you ever expect a world that doesn't, there's no resistance? You're just living in a utopic dream. There will always be resistance. To 100%. Believe in yourself, you know? 100%. I've t- I think I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before too about um, how you know, anxiety obviously is a real thing. You and I both go through our fair share of those experiences, but also being stage fright. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stage fright. (laughs) Call it what you will, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever helps you sleep at night. Uh, (laughs) But, um, also, you know, it's okay to feel those feelings, but also having that, that, that thick skin where you have to, 
let people think poorly of you and be okay with that. You know, whether you're a comic or not sitting at home right now, like yeah. there's shitty people everywhere. <laughs> so, I mean, at the end of the day, if people are going to be shitty, you can just block them if you're on, if you're online or you can remove them from your life. Have you had to remove people from your life because of the stuff like this? Well, yeah, that's like kind of what I was talking about where the people that mainly confront me are people that I know from like either the music scene or from, yeah, mostly the music scene or just from old friend groups. And they themselves are sort of struggling artists who have kind of, I would say, chosen a low frequency avenue for their creativity where I'm trying to be as high frequency as possible. So what they try and do is they try to attach to me to get some momentum. So multiple people have attempted to gatekeep me from my friend circles. And because all my friends are musicians and artists from Ottawa, they've attempted to gatekeep me on like on uh, in the comments telling me, oh, you can say this, but you can't say this. And basically, I tried to reason with them explaining, no, no, this is a safe space for people to have an alternative view. This isn't a place to tell people, no, you can't say or think this. This is a place where you just say what you think and then we'll figure it out. But no, don't say this. Don't say no, no. Say what you want. We'll figure it out. They wanted me to just speak their way, gatekeep me and say, okay, I am the fucking doorway to be sorry for swearing. I'm the no, doorway. Like. <laughs> I'm the doorway. You have to, you know, come through me. You can, you know, make fun of this, but you can't use this word to and things like that. So I just block those people. And then I'm a little OCD. I block every person that they're friends with. Oh, that, really? That, oh, yes. Because I'm not going to just, it's like, they're hecklers. I gave them a chance. If you heckle on my comments once, I tell you stop. If you do it again, if you heckle me a third time, the door, the bouncers throw you out of, the, out of the club you go. And you know what's so funny about that too? It's like, no one's making you be there. I had a great conversation with this author, JT Wahlberg, and cool. he he put the uh, he said it really well. He said, "You know, no one's holding a gun to your head, making you be on Instagram, following my shit, making you like and comment my shit. If you don't like it, just don't follow, and you won't have to see it. Or just you know, like block me so that I never end up in your feed. Do you know what I mean? So it blows my mind that people will still follow, like follow Buddy Smiles, like." go to your posts, leave a comment and like tell you to do anything because like if you don't like it, then there's the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Change the channel, but it's change based the on their, it's based on their own naivety and being like a big fish in a small pond. That's what happens to a lot of people in Ottawa. It's like, they almost think they're famous yet. Every fan they have quote unquote is someone they actually know in real life. Like, there's no one who follows their shit that doesn't know them. It's just, like, a bunch of people that want to fuck them or want to know how to want to be fucked, you know? And that's okay, but that's with small town shit. Like, Ottawa's small town as fuck. And every once in a while, they try and grapple at me. I'm like, hey, all my fans are in the States. Get out of here. You know? like Get the fuck off my page. Because for years, I was nice to them and tried to be their friends. And now that they see me doing so, because to me, I'm not doing anything even, even that alternative. If you follow American comedians and stuff like that, they don't do, like, I, I use them as my gatekeepers. I'm like, well, if they can say it, I can say it in my own way. You know what I mean? So it's no worse than anything. Again, I'm not bombarding people. I'm attempting to get away with it. I'm attempting to make it funny. I'm not trying to ever yeah. hurt people or insult people. Sometimes I want people to get a little surprised, like, oh, I didn't think of that, but not to hurt them. I don't think anyone can be hurt by funny things. Like, I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I also, too, think, like, getting offended is a strange thing as well, because the only time, like, people can say shit things to me, and some things hurt and some things don't. And I, the things that always end up hurting me are the things that I actually think to be true of myself. And those are the moments where I'm like, I got to stop here for a second and reflect because it shouldn't bother me what who says or like what anybody says about me, whether it's in real life or whether it's online. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know what the point to that was, but getting offended <laughs> is like, it's like 
through comedy, you know, or if you put out a post like, oh, that's actually offensive because I'm X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know, I'm a lot of X, Y, Z's as well. And I just choose not to give a fuck and focus on the things that are going to bring me a little more joy throughout the day. You know what I mean? Let that shit pass. Totally. Speaking of um, choosing joy, you have had like a crazy upbringing, have you not? Oh, yes. I was wondering if you wanted to share a little bit about that because you came from, I, I and you can correct me if you think otherwise, but like a bit of a darker place, did you not? Oh, yeah, I came from um, what you might call an adventurer's upbringing. <laughs> and I think it's amazing because of what you have gone through, seen and experienced, here you are today, just living your best life, still doing all these great things. And other people who might be out there that might have been or are going through what you did would choose an alternative path. So just wondering if you'd shed some light on that for everybody. Well, it's like I was saying in the beginning, what worked for me might not work for other people. But for me, it's, it's just about being a hero. And it's about knowing that everything hard that happens to me gets turned into content. It's like no matter what horrible thing, what boring thing, what annoying thing, I'm always able to craft that into content. And I've been doing that since maybe I was in grade six. I started writing songs and drawing pictures of bands before I could even play music. So I've always crafted my existence like I was special, quote unquote, because I had a hard life that made me not feel special you know like i had was neglected when i was younger i had uh you know learning disabilities that weren't tended to in school like all things that would quantify to being neglect but life isn't perfect and i'm glad that the things that happened to me happened to me specifically i would never want them to happen to anyone else but the fact that they happened to me turned me into the individual i am and gave me the ability to you know relate to all sorts of people because from a young age, I knew that it was like a movie going on and I had to just follow these feelings. These, these just like, I would get a gut feeling, go for it. You know, I, when I was fucking 13, 12, I was hitchhiking all over the country, meeting up with random people, just sleeping in forests. I hitchhiked to auto for the first time when I was 15 from in the country. I lived on the streets for years. I just had this thing in me where I was like, no one's going to save you. Yeah, You have true. to be the most. And again, this isn't for everyone. Maybe someone who has, you know, like support or runs a corporation or something, they need to go to a psychiatrist. They need to take uh, time to do self-healing. They need to reflect. They need to take more time to heal. They need to go to a spa. People who have big, big responsibility, they're the ones who need pills. They're the ones who need psychiatrists. People like me who came from literally dirt, we need to fight until we have that privilege. We have not a second to spare. And that's, you know, because I've attempted to do mental health stuff. I've gone to doctors and stuff and you need to buy it. If you can't afford to buy it, you need to be a warrior. That's just my opinion. That might be wrong. There might be multiple versions of what to do. But when you have a hard life when you're younger, you need to turn yourself into something great. Yes. Because you don't feel great about yourself. You feel, oh, why didn't uh, my mom do this for me? Why didn't they get me the laptop for this? Why didn't they help me with that? Why didn't they send me to a special school for dyslexic people? Why didn't you know, all these questions blaming everyone around you? You need to wipe that away and go, I'm responsible for every action from this moment forward. And it is a page in my story. Every single action I take from this moment forward is another page in the story. So you better make it great because there's people depending on you and it's everyone who's ever felt alone like you now depends on you to do something great. And if you can succeed, everyone that was less than you has now a pathway to succeed. You see? Oh so, yeah, I, I could not agree with you anymore. That's what I turned it into. I turned it into a great adventure. That's such a, it's a great way to look at it too. Right. Because you'll see in, in society, and I don't know if this is just like, especially now or the past couple of years, but it's like, uh, oh, I've been oppressed or, you know, uh, it's, this is why I am the way I am, or this, you know, all these, these, these things that happen as to why I am where I am. But 
the the opposite also happens too. And I think if people look at more examples like that, like yourself, where it's like, wow, well, if you can have two people in the exact same scenario, quote unquote, grew up in dirt, and you know, one person decides I grew up this way, so therefore I am X Y Z, and the other person goes, not a fucking chance. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here, making a better life for myself, and I'm going to be a better example for other human beings. Then, like, that's a choice, you know. And like, that's, you know, I know this is like mental health outside, but I feel like there's a lot of choice to be had through struggles in order to empower yourself and other individuals. It's all about choice. Depending on the kind of book you want to write. (laughs) And depending on the kind of person you are, because sometimes people have their whole life set up for them perfectly and they don't need to rebel in a weird way. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like not, it's not being a warrior is not for everyone. Some people it's like your job isn't being a warrior. Your job is being a flagpole for other warriors because you already have a million dollars or you already have this thing, but we still live in a world that's based in monetary things. So it's like, for me, from a young age, I knew, well, my path was to be like a guy who works at, you know, Walmart or a landscaping company. And if I wanted to try and break the, you know, mainframe, if I want to try and break the tunnel, like, you know, in Donnie Darko, when he follows those tunnels, if I wanted yeah. to break that and create my own destiny, I had to go against my own nature a lot. Yes. Because my nature was based like addictive because, again, when you don't have education, you have a hard time understanding things. So you use external things to soothe the hardship of doing things, not knowing how, you know, like doing taxes. I, I couldn't read till I was like 21. That was when I first read my first book. I was like pretty much illiterate. Funny thing wow. is I'm an author now, but you know, it's just like you have to force yourself. It's like for me and again, not for everyone else. I have a really, I am very hard on myself so hard on myself, you know, uh, to the point where it would be abusive if it was to someone else. But that's because I don't have a second. Like, I don't have someone to help me. There's no one there to lend me my, I could barely interface with the world because of my learning disabilities. So staying on the phone on hold and then talking to a bank for two hours blows my top. Like, I can't deal with the little patient systems. I'm a guy, give me a shovel, I'll dig a hole. I'm not a guy who waits on the phone on hold, talks to this person. I'll call this person for this appointment for this. Doesn't work for me. Give me a shovel. I'll dig a hole to China tomorrow, you know? Yeah. I'm the same way. I get really, um, really frustrated. That's something I had to work on with therapy because I'm like, especially if you see something that could be so much simpler and waiting in lines also, I can't fucking, I can't fucking stand it. But whether it's on the phone or whether you're at Tim Hortons, you know what I mean? And yeah. But if you give me like uh, one of my jobs that I have is to create um, kind of slogans and captions uh, for marketing these companies. So give me a list of things that they want and it'll take me like five to 10 minutes to come up with 10 ideas. I can do that. But please, yeah, yeah. like someone I need a fucking manager like (laughs) for the real life stuff. It's hard. And I was the same way as you too with reading and writing. I don't know how. I, I graduated at, but with the ADHD, like I couldn't read books, right? Like all over the yeah. place, like it was just fucked. And then submitting essays were like, I'd be talking about, it made no sense. <laughs> like it made no sense. Totally. So getting shit like that figured out as an adult, it's like, wow. Okay. So now we're, we're learning again as you know what I mean? It's fine. No, exactly. We're going to fucking do it. But you know, also I could have just said, um, I just can't do these things because of it. Whereas I choose not to and go the other direction. But I really, I really wish you were closer so we could hang out. Yeah. <laughs> One day. But the thing is, is okay, you're saying like, um, yeah, that you can't, you're in the store and you're having a hard time dealing with it. This is again tied into, I call all that stage fright. Because to me, like, I don't know if you know, like, obviously, you know, Marlon Brando, but like, he explains how, like, everyone's an actor and we're acting all in our lives. Like, there's a great interview with him on YouTube, might be with David Letterman, I can't remember. But he explains how we're all acting all the time. And in a way, we are. And it ties into, like, masks and things like that. Like, you know, we're all wearing masks and we're all, like, we all put on these. And usually no one sees the third layer of us. Like, we never even bring all those kind of things. So when you acknowledge something that is quote unquote a problem or that happens, you can control it. That is like the cheat codes of existence is acknowledging the thing. 
So it's like you can be in the grocery store and feel like it's hard. And it's like, yeah, the paparazzi might shoot a shot at me any minute. (laughs) (laughs) And then it all starts making sense. You know, we are the masters of our existence. I'm not necessarily a believer in manifesting as much as like we actually create our reality, the whole thing. So it's not like you can manifest individual things. It's like the whole thing is being manifested always. Yeah, like it's a continual thing. It it's not like I started manifesting. We always we have been since we were old enough to be able to think. Is that what well, you that, mean? Yeah, because like our we have like ten percent of our brain and or whatever, and then like we have like the ninety percent, and it's just like we can't be conscious of it, but it's a bunch of shit going on. Yeah. Do you find um that by doing comedy, it is a form of therapy for you? Or do you do it as kind of a, a vice to avoid certain feelings? Again, everything I do is therapy. So it's like every single th- moment of my life, I just base it in like, fuck doing this for therapy. I'm going to make my life therapy. It's like, I'm not going to fucking just spend a week doing and working a shitty job. I'll find a way to make my life what I want it to be. It's like those great stories when people are diagnosed with cancer and then they're like, fuck this. I'm living my life exactly how I want. And they go into remission. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get ahead of that and do exactly what I want. Screw that. But I have again, adventurer standards. So when your life is really hard, there's always ups and downs in every story of every adventure. So when it's low, you're just at a low part, Mm -hmm. you know, like the book, the road by Jack Kerouac was pretty much all about him being on the low part. So it's like you don't have to. And again, not for everyone. To me, mental health is important as much as I'm able to handle myself. So when I sort of sense myself not being able to handle something, I'll just out of it and go to something that I can handle. I'll do a choose your own adventure and I'll move the story to another thing. It's like, oh, maybe I can't handle this job. It's too hard on my mental health. Let's change the adventure. You know, That's you a great can, way of looking at it. Yeah, it, it's all a long story, you know? Totally, and you're the main character. Again, not for everyone. I've said it about 100 <laughs> times now, but it's important because I know that not everything works for everyone. A lot of the things that I use are like faux pas for mental health, where it's like you shouldn't be so hard on yourself. You should be easy on yourself. You know when I'm easy on myself? When I make, when I attempt something really hard and brutally fail, I'm like, it's okay, fuck it. Let's do the next thing. That's when I'm easy on myself. I am the exact same way. I'm so easy if I fail at, fail at something that it's, I just tried for the first time. Like, okay, well, he's back. But if you're in a like a performing situation or or like you've recorded before, right? Like in, in oh, a yeah. studio. If I, fuck, if I fuck that shit up when I know I should be doing it, I should be relaxing. But it's like I, I'm going to my, lose my fucking marbles. You know what I mean? Because it's like... <gasps> Yeah, you put a song out recently, eh? What was it yeah, called I did. again? It's called Addict. It was my first music video and first serious acting performance that I've done. Yeah, because I watched it and I was like, wow, that's real Hollywood cameras going on there. My <laughs> Lord, she's putting those million views to friggin' work. <laughs> no, it's yeah. so good. I really liked it a lot. We watched it today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was really fun putting that together. And um, the Hollywood cameras were Alex Crotts. For those of you cool. out there wondering who it was, um, no, it yeah, looked, it was it looked legit. Yeah, it was a time and a half. Um, I was also going to ask you if yeah. you could talk to people about your no despair theory that you live by, yes. because when you told me about this when we had spoke for your podcast, yeah, um, it actually did change my life in that moment and there were multiple times after that where i would be spinning out because of whatever the fuck it was that day and it would pop into my head like oh no but buddy smile says there's no no despair because you just you just you have to get rid of that can you explain that to everybody because i think it's addiction all right so i've elaborated on it quite a bit so no despair is kind of the all the stuff i've been talking about Maybe for some people, despair works because it's a way to be a victim and then they make money. I don't know. For me, no despair is like you don't. It's like it's your own fault. You take responsibility for own actions. I put myself in this situation. I took this risk. I did this thing 
you know, and I know that the pot, like someone bad, I could get hit by a bus walking down the street. No despair. At any moment, something bad could happen. So you're the master of your destiny. And by doing that, you don't blame various people. You don't blame the government. You don't blame anyone. You just look at everything in front of you as a challenge. And the bigger the challenge, the harder you try, you know, and then you're like, I would love a challenge, you know. <laughs> There's a great story about Alexander. Um, I think it's Alexander the Great. He was in the desert and uh, they were they hadn't drank water. His All his army hadn't drank water for days. And uh, a couple of his scouts came with a helmet. They found a spring and the helmet was filled with water. And they gave it to Alexander and he took the helmet and he poured it into the sand in front of the whole army. And they all went, ah, because he's showing like, I will not drink the water because none of you could have it. And just that gave them all the strength to keep going. You know, it's these leading by example and not be not squandering. Alexander also before one great battle gave away all his property and everything he owned to all of his general soldiers down to the smallest foot soldier got a piece of him. They gave him land and cattle. And then he himself had nothing. And he led the begin at the front of the battle against the Persians. He gave it all away because it was a holy battle to him. And to me, that's no despair. There's nothing that matters. You're on a journey and you're being led through by literally these like forces. You know, it's spiritual. It's, it's, uh, you said you make like um, sayings and different uh, slogans for companies, right? Yeah. What is that thing called when it's like a word and then you make a thing based off and words going across? An acronym? Acronym. So I created a great acronym for uh, No Despair. But oh, before, before we do the No Despair acronym, you know, like a lot of sh it's we all feel despair. You can, you're never going to be a perfect no despair person. No one's 100 percent. It's just like being vegan. It's impossible to be 100 percent no despair. But you you're always attempting to. Right. Like mm -hmm. uh, I, I get sad sometimes because I'll see, you know, comedians that I feel are hacks, you know, and they're getting t a ton more views than me. Or I'll see a musician that I know comes from a really rich family and they bought their way there and it'll make me feel sad. I'll be like, ah, and I'll look, you know at myself i look in my cupboard i got one can of chickpeas and I, I know i'm the funniest canadian ever and i know in my heart i'm the greatest songwriter of all time but i get sad when i see these people and i have to remember you know i always have to remember i carry this this around in my wallet i'm number one is that see? from grade school when you ran races or something yeah from track and field i oh, am number one i love I've that been, i've been number one I already know what it's about. <laughs> I know what it feels like to have the audience. Ah, ah, the fastest person in all of Southern Ontario. Me, 100 meter sprint. I am number one. I know that. They can't take that away from me by getting more views than me. They, they, I am number one. You see, no you despair. Also, do you also do um, uh, the goal card that you have and keep in your wallet or keep in your pocket? Of course. Okay, yeah, we're on the same page then. Uh, but I need to find a ribbon. <laughs> so what was um? Well, you can become number one at anything. It's easy to find something to be number one at. Then you know, I number one. So, what was that thing called again? When it's a word going down like this? Acronym. An acronym. So here we go. We got the acronym for no despair. So first it's number one <laughs> for no, and then. Don't ever stop playing around in reality. Ah. Oh. And that is don't ever no stop despair. playing around in reality. Number one, don't so, ever stop playing around in reality. So what do you do in those moments then when you feel like, you know, you're feeling that sense of despair? What in that moment do you do or tell yourself to get yourself back into the acronym? Well, I'll explain to you exactly because I had to use the no despair method recently. Okay. So on the 22nd, and I think I've told you this before, 11s are very important to me. Like the first time I ever did comedy was on November 11th. Um, my birthday is June 22nd. Uh, like always, I live at 11. That's my address. My best friend's birthday is 11. So... On May 11th, 
or May 22nd, uh, 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 last week or so, I had to um, put down my dog. Oh, I'm sorry. Who I've had for 13 years. Ugh. And that's why I'm wearing these sunglasses, because talking about this might get hard. Okay. So I had to put him down, but I had to use the method of no despair to get through it. Because, you know, I'm not economically the kind of person that can just send your dog to the vet to get thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of surgeries and stuff. He was 13 years old. You know, he had lumps. He was just on his way out and his back legs stopped working. So for three days, me and Yannicka, we sat with him and like I slept in his bed and stuff like that. And it was the most visceral, surreal experience of my life because I've never had a pet before. I've never had someone like there was that emotionally close to me die. And the hard thing was I had to make the decision to put him down. You know, he didn't die in his sleep. There was no one else to help me with the decision. It was like the most you're number one. Yeah. You want to be number one. Here you go. You're number one. Make this fucking decision. It was God, it was God being like, yeah, you believe in the true reality. Let's see. So <laughs> it was the most visceral experience, you know, um, I was, I was still just getting over the tram of it. That's why I'm not going, haven't been online a lot in the past few weeks. Cause I, it, I saw it coming and then we had to bring him in. And here's the magical thing. Like to me, it was the hardest thing in my life. And, um, when we brought him in and it was just like, you can't explain it. You know, it's like you have to decide someone dies because to me, he's someone because mm -hmm. to me, I put a little piece of my soul into him. And then when he died, that took him and his being to heaven. And now he'll be waiting for me there, you know? And I know that for a fact, because when I look in his eyes, I saw a piece of myself. And I don't see that in every dog. He had the same hair color as me. We have such a crazy past of running around from here to there, staying here, staying there. He was with me from the age of 18 till 31, you know? That's a long time. Yeah. And uh, so I, it was a piece of my past, the last piece of it, you know, and when we were in there and he was, you know, gone, it was, a, it was really hard for me to not look at the nurse or the veterinarian and go, wait, wait, I changed my mind. Oh. <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm not an actual psychopath. I'll just say I thought that later. And then, so, <laughs> so we brought, you know, and again, it crushed me, but we bring him out and we put him into the back of the car because I didn't have him. I couldn't afford to have him, uh, incinerated. So we had to bury him. So I brought him out into the back of the car. And then like, I just had this feeling like, um, and I looked up and there was a black bird. This one black bird flew fly across the sky. You know, and it's a bird. I'd never seen a bird that looked like that in my life. And he was a black lab and it was him. And I knew he was okay. And the whole time, you know, we were putting him down. I was using the no despair method. At one point I got charged with adrenaline and I started hearing this voice. The gods are watching you now and how you act now will make you who you are. And I heard that in my head. And I heard this voice of support being like, you are the one. You are number one. And it carried me through it. And I didn't cry until I saw that black bird through the sky. And then the tears just came down because I knew it was okay. Wow. I wish I would have worn sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, I dug a fucking six foot hole, put him in there, you know, covered it with stones and moss. So now he's back with nature along the water. Me and Yannicka did it. Well, I dug it while she fucking hit the mosquitoes away. And she <laughs> She was with me the whole time. I've never seen someone braver, you know, where me, I was just about fracturing at points, but I could feel my mind be able to pull myself back in. It was like I matured fucking 20 years because I'd feel my mind going like you didn't take on enough walks. You weren't nice enough. And I'd literally be able to go suck that back in and go, no, you have, you're focusing on this. Da -da -da -da. And then I, my mind again would start racing out and it would think of like, Oh, you could have done this or nope, pull it back in. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's important because you know it, it, they're like the the should statements. They talk about should statements like, oh, I should have done this yesterday. I should have said that, or 
I should have this 10 years ago, then I'd be in a different place. But talking like that or allowing those thoughts to kind of take over your brain doesn't help anything. It just makes you feel like shit. <laughs> but I, that's the thing. I was blessed. You know, it blessed me, the situation, because it gave me such strength. It made me so strong. And it just like, because it was like my best friend I ever had. And yeah. having to be the one to decide that and be there with them all the time. And it's just such a personal thing that was like such a blessing. And the numbers on the 22nd, it all happens in a way to give me my strength to face this internet world, to face this world. It's like the little piece of me I gave to him that he took with him. The, the soul I have left is just that much stronger and more fortified now. That's beautiful, buddy. Yeah, I waited to come on here because I wanted to share that with you because I thought this was the appropriate place for it. It was a very appropriate place for it. Everyone listening right now is crying, thinking about their their dead dogs as well. <laughs> Sorry, there's a dog literally like right. I can't even turn my shit around, but I started looking. I know. Earlier you were like, can you get the dog out of here? I was like, <laughs> ding. <laughs> At the end of each of my podcast episodes, I'm not sure if you've listened to them or not, but we play a game when I have a guest on called Signs You Should Seek Therapy. Yep. It is a comedy game and um, you know, you can pull examples from your real life or just make shit up if you feel like it. And then you say, you know, if this is happening to you, then you should see a therapist. Yep. So do you want to play this game with me? Yes, I'd love to. Okay, and it's, um, I can't think of anything right now, so, <laughs> so you can go first if you, if you like. So, so name something that you should go see a therapist if you do. Yeah, like one of my, one of my um, I'll give you an example from a different episode, like I pick my fingers when I'm nervous or if I'm bored, yeah. so mm -hmm. um, in another episode I was like, hey, if you have to lie to your nail tech and say that you are a victim of third degree burns in a homemade soup accident... <laughs> um, but, but really like you just have, um, crippling anxiety, then you should probably see a therapist. All right. <laughs> I, I got, therapy. Yeah. I got the perfect one. Okay. So if, if you have multiple phones because you know, Instagram changed the blocking feature to block all accounts made on one phone in order to troll people, you should probably see a therapist. <laughs> yeah. And fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. That was a good one. That was a really good one. I should have wrote some down prior to this. I was like, I was like, Oh, we're going to think of so many so quick, but I got, I got another one. Okay. Yeah. Go. If you tell service people, mainly girls that they should smile, you probably need to go see a therapist. Yeah. You should seek therapy. I agree. I 100% <laughs> agree. If you are sliding in, to the DMs of a mental health account trying to score a date, then I think that you should seek therapy. <laughs> if you're online telling people that you would pepper spray them, okay, for being funny, then you should seek therapy. I actually think the guy that left that comment is pretty funny, so I don't want to really throw him under the bus, but. <laughs> Well, he I put also himself true. out there. He yeah, put himself he out there. He did. And you know what? I've on In all honesty, I probably would have pepper sprayed myself too because the skit was totally fucked. So. All right. I got one. Okay. If, if you spend your time correcting people on the internet who have like only their friends as followers, you know, like they're not actually an entertainer or anything. They're just like another person with like 300 followers and they're all their friends. And you spend time commenting like, that's not actually art when they post pictures of things they think are art you probably need to go see a therapist and also fuck off once again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all related to commenting today let me think of something yeah. that's outside if you've ever thought for one moment that you might need therapy you probably need to see a therapist <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's facts boys and girls that is on facts okay here's one <laughs> If you ever thought that you were um, the number one Canadian comic, then you should seek therapy because obviously it's Buddy Smiles. <laughs> and you're stealing my bet, so you better seek a lawyer too. 
Because <laughs> again, I, I know, you know, it's a joke. I know I'm not the finest Canadian ever, but if you hear anyone else claiming it about themselves or anyone else, they're stealing my bit. <laughs> Call the lawyers right yeah. now. Yeah, like I know people who are listening to this episode today are obviously going to check you out. We're going to plug you in like two seconds here. I am going to stop talking. Um, That's good because I got 6% left on my laptop. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for people that are listening too, like Buddy Smiles comedy is not, might not be your type of comedy, but it's like you either love it or you hate it. And if you don't like it, then just don't follow. And if you fucking love it, run up all of this shit and then come next week and listen to a new show, you know? It's easy as that. Easy peasy. Okay. Before your laptop dies, where can people find you? Well, the best place to find me is in a Google search. You put in uh, Buddy Smiles or you put in the True Reality or you put in the Smiling Time Station and it'll give you a link to one of the websites I'm on. Sometimes I'm on BitChute. Sometimes I'm on YouTube. On Instagram, that's where my main thing is and I'm at the Outlaw Buddy Smiles. And you know, but again, any one of these things could get taken down tomorrow, but I'll always be somewhere on the internet. Just look for Buddy Smiles, the true reality, or the Smiling Time Station, and you'll find some manifest manifestation of me. I love that. Any of this could be taken down tomorrow. Like, you guys That's don't right. know what you're in for. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I really appreciate it. Well, blue is beautiful. It is baby it is baby let me i don't know if i have your address still but i'll send you um i'll send you a shirt in the mail if you can remember to email it to me again please do and i will wear it till it falls off my back i love that (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody thank you guys (laughs) thank you guys so much for coming and listening to the show today if you think if you take anything wow let's stutter a little less i always stutter during the conclusions if you take anything away from this episode it's that no fucking despair okay it's no way to live and please remember that your blue is beautiful thanks guys peace here's my outro i hope that you liked this podcast here's my outro i hope that you laughed oh we're still going da 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 outro here's my outro uh something that rhymes <laughs> see and here's unlock. here's a little funny thing about therapists a little tidbit um therapists are good for everyone even if they're not good for you because oftentimes they serve as a placebo effect for you need to help yourself because i have attempted to go see them and i'm like well this won't work because i know but at least you went and tried you should always try mental health because sometimes that's just the push to show you oh i need to do more work myself because you need to put in as much work as you're expecting to get back 100 percent. i cannot agree with you more whatever you um like the energy like you're big into that but if you go into um a performance or you go into a therapy session and you have a shit attitude and you're like oh nothing's gonna work for me or the performance is gonna be bad like that inevitably is going to be the outcome i think but if you go into it with a positive you know i want to get better this is why i'm here we're gonna make some changes then you're probably gonna have a better experience oh totally and um yeah that's why you know like i personally it's just like I'm the kind of person that needs to be outsmarted almost. Like it's like it's hard for me to accept help from someone who's just like because what a therapist is is usually someone who is able to give you boundaries for your own mental being. That's all it really is. So they're showing you how to have mental boundaries. It's not a place you go and you just talk, 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 talk about whatever you want. They show you how to have boundaries because these people are people that don't have boundaries with their own self-indulgence or with hurting other people. So they're like, okay, you have to learn boundary, restraint, da-da-da-da. Where I go in there and I'm like, no one can tell me what to do. It's like I realized <laughs> no one can tell me what to do, so I have to do it myself if I want to be okay. It's like that's gave hard. Me, yeah. But again, that's just what some people have to do. Some people have to outthink it. And I do. I spend night and day. Re- I research psychology. I research. Uh, I read, you know, <laughs> I read. I'm a youngin, you know what I mean? Read him night and day. It's just like, but yeah. Like, I really like it's- Candace Owens. She's like out of those kind of style of punditry, sort of uh, whatever you want to call them, alternative performers. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. 
because she's again a black woman and it's like well uh, just let her fucking go because the thing i find the most is she's a very good spell breaker for the liberal mindset because they're like basically being racist towards her constantly which is supposed to be their thing so i'm not like i know that she's also an act that's the thing these people are acts that's why it's hard for me to be like like or dislike them because i'm like that's a good act it worked that's a great (laughs) way of looking at it i need i need to talk to you more often because some like (laughs) all (laughs) because i I will watch some of this shit on youtube in my spare time and i'm like fuck yeah this is a great person but if i can look at things like wow that was a great act then i can move on so much faster it's like i just went in to watch the movie and now i'm driving back home to feed my dog or what have you as opposed to being like wow this is real life holy fuck this is every day this is intense the intensity of it is a lot heavier otherwise i had the security job once and the first thing the guy told me was don't take anything personally that happens here like it's not personal you know someone might try and punch you in the face like some lady's gonna bitch you out for not doing your job right don't take it personally. This is just people. They're crazy. And like I, I've taken that grain of like understanding a long way with just like don't take it personally unless it's literally physically endangering you. Because just like they can change the channel, we don't have to put shit out. True. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like th- it's the same feeling where it's like and that's what I always th- want to tell people who want to be any kind of a performer or an artist or anyone who inputs things into the world to make it a better place. You're always going to come with resistance. And the better you are, the more violent the resistance will be. Yeah, that's fucking facts. It's just an equation. You can't get away from it. It's basic math, pretty much. <laughs> it's just a mathematical equation. <laughs> And as a high school dropout, I knew all about fucking math, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) That was a heavy Canadian accent right there. I love that. Yeah, that's where we come from. That's how everyone talks. But when we were young, we'd make fun of them until it eventually became like we talked like them. I know. Like, when did that happen? (laughs) Yeah, my voice is half that. It's like it slips in and out of it. And I don't notice sometimes. Oh, yeah, same, same. It depends on the people you hang out with, too. Like, I've got friends that... um, I don't know what the right word is, but like outdoor people that, you know, we're always outside, we're always shooting the shit, we're lighting things on fire, like throwing aerosol cans into fire pits, like the the fun shit. And then the accent comes out heavier. Yes. Yes. Um, You know, the accent comes out heavy, but then when you go other places and everyone is, I don't know, uppity, then I I think my accent changes because I'm like, I don't want to sound, I think I sound like a, like a dude. You know what I mean? With the heavy accent. And I also Ah. think, you know, I don't promote this on this channel very often, but my Scooney, one of my Scooney Tunes characters is that Canadian recording guy. And that, yes, I've worked on that character so much that sometimes I just slip right into it when I go places in the true reality. So maybe that's it. You know, bud. So in this, in this form of yourself, you have the name that you use in your music, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you pronounce it? Because as a dyslexic person, I don't actually know how that name's pronounced. Ellison Daz. Ellison. Ellison. Yeah. L O or Ella? Ellison. I say Ella because it's like saying, yeah, Ellison. But I guess it would be Ellison. But Ellison. Ellison. Yeah, that's Ellison. good because again. It's not as complicated as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like Elokin. And I was like, that's an interesting name. Elokin. Elokin <laughs> days, everybody. Welcome to my show. So have a happy hair. <laughs> See, this is why I think at the beginning of your songs, you might need to do like a call out. Like, Elosin on the track. So like people know <laughs> it's, it's, and how to like, pronounce okay, it. Okay, okay. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> well, for the other dyslexics out there. We take up 0.200 of the population, so you got to change everything for us. Yes, Eminem. I thought it was E Minum for 25 years. <laughs> oh no, the best ever was when I used to think fidget spinners were fridge spinners, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I used to think it was this thing that you put under a fridge in an industrial setting so you could turn the fridge. It was a fridge spinner and suddenly people were using it as a toy. That's what my brain made up by reading it. 
And then one day I looked and it said fidget. And I'm like, well, is that a different thing with a different? And I start, oh, it's being fidget all along. And then I found out that it was originally invented for people with autism who have like the thing where they go like this. Yeah. So they would, they would hold that. And the person who invented it didn't get it, didn't patent it. So they didn't get any money when it came back as a toy for everyone else. Uh, great invention. Sad to hear about the patent. Says a lot about society too. Yes. Boo. All of us. <laughs> well, that's what was I going to do like 10, what I was going to do something like 10 minutes ago and I totally forget. Do you remember? We were playing, we were playing a game at one point. Oh yeah. I was going to read you something nasty. Oh yes. Yes. And then, and then we'll plug you so everyone can Sounds find your beautiful me. face because. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Even with the sunglasses on or off, buddy. Just a <laughs> fucking gem. <laughs> My mom says the same thing. She used to always say I could be a model. <laughs> is your is your mom there right now? <laughs> I fucking love your laugh. You have a character that you play based off of her too, don't you? Oh yeah. It was Ryan, bud. Ryan. What are you even doing, bud? You got dust all over the house and uh I didn't raise you this way, buddy. I can come over and clean for you if you want though, but at least pick everything up before I get there. That's my that's my mom exactly. you'd be scared to meet her and that's it's my when I do it in you know impersonation of someone it's so spot on but they're usually people no one has ever met but then when they meet them it's like seeing a cartoon like come to life like hi is, how's it going today bud is her voice really that high oh yeah she's from a place called manawaki and everyone in manawaki when they say things the end goes up to the like ryan buddy it all goes up again. <laughs> we were going down the lake last week bud like that you gotta get time. her on the show oh yeah she's a. Uh, She's out there in the world. She's a slave. She works at a sweatshop. <laughs> so she's hard to get. See, that's the thing. My parents are minimum wage people, so they're basically just peasant slaves. So they don't really, they just listen to ACDC and drink friggin' dabs and go to bed, you know? <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, I have to laugh because, like, the oh. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. And she'll listen to this layer and be like, I'm not a slave, I, it's a, I'm a it's so great. I like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, I think because it's it's so true and, like, instantly I can think of people in my life that are the exact same way and it makes me laugh uncontrollably because it's so uncomfortable because I don't ever want to be that ever again. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and then exactly. I get the nerve Then I get the nervous giggles and I'm like, Wow. I'm going to edit a fuck ton of podcasts this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, I just, I just like, don't listen to stuff I make. I just make it once, listen to it to make sure it's good and then never listen to it again. I, cause it's all just, yeah. Cause what? It's all just what? Sorry. Like I hate throwback Thursday. I find like, cause I'm very critical of other people I believe in as artists. And I never want people like this is a PSA. Don't ever post something you've already done until you're fucking already famous. Like what? What? Oh, look, here's a show I played to 30 people. I don't give a fuck. Let me see the show of you playing to 4,000. Like, here's me at 17. Ooh, look at my hair. Fuck off. Let's see you now being number one. Throwback Thursday. Why don't you throw your life away? Fuck. I hate it. I hate using old. I hate it when people recycle old content. Can't take it. I'm literally thinking in my head if I'm like, fuck, if I ever do this, I'm going to get an unfollow from Buddy Smiles. It'll be death of me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't, I don't unfollow like, people lightly. Like, listen, buddy, I know I did a no, TBT, I don't, but please, please. Don't I don't do leave it. people. No, no, no. I don't leave people. Uh, and I don't leave people comments either when I disagree with what they're doing. Because to me, it's their choice. <laughs> I... Like I, I, at the beginning of social media, I used to like probably be a total crackhead, but I don't, I haven't done that in yeah, years. Yeah. I can't, I can't be bothered. It's like, oh my God, the energy. Oh, fuck. And they're allowed to let them. I'm not a commenter. 
Yeah, I'm not I'll a tell commenter. people I fucking love their stuff. Like I, but not that I totally. despise it and think that they should burn in hell. <laughs> uh, it's hard. I don't comment on many people's things because partially I'm like an edge lord. So I don't want to. Sometimes it's hard for me to associate with people because I don't know if they're going to be like, well, I don't want to associate with some crazy. I don't want someone to bring my style to more of an edge when I'm trying to be more you know, just like entertainment. That's what I'm always worried about. So I don't always comment on people's shit. I'm not always until I know for sure that they're either crazier than me or like, you know, accepting of the wildness where, wow. I feel st- fucking blessed to have you here today. After you said that. <laughs> well, cause I fear it. I do. I'm like, I don't want to associate with people sometimes and drag them down. Cause they don't know what they're getting themselves into where I know, you know, what you're getting into you. You understand comedy and art and things like this. Like, you can see kind of what I'm going for where some people it's like, they don't think they understand. And I don't want to be like commenting on their shit. And then someone be like, didn't you know that guy's inappropriate? And like, they lose a friend or something like that. You know, what a fucking time we live in too. Like, <laughs> it's like, like what the fuck man too. And 